I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Grit. It's what enables an individual to persevere in accomplishing a goal despite obstacles, barriers, and ceilings placed in their way over and over again. On SEN, this is Grit with Daisy Pierce. Hello and welcome. Thanks for tuning in to This Is Grit. Thanks to Victoria Police. Victoria Police is now recruiting. Apply now. So another week of This Is Grit, another history maker, Eleni Gluftus, the first female field umpire to umpire an AFL match. Originally from Adelaide, Eleni was a passionate footy fan who took up umpiring to stay involved in the game as best she could at a time there weren't many opportunities to play. She never looked back, working her way through the local and state league comps onto the AFL umpire pathway and into her groundbreaking first AFL match in 2017. Eleni juggles her umpiring career with her day job as a high school PE teacher. We met for coffee on a rare half day off to talk footy through the lens of an umpire. Well, we've just walked into a beautiful little hipster cafe out near Essendon, North and 8, and I'm getting a few funny looks because my yellow Sharon is poking out of my handbag. Um, that's not an unusual occurrence. I'm usually carrying it around to go and have a kick with one of my mates, but I'm here with Eleni Gluftus, who is an umpire in the AFL, and I'm hoping she'll take me down to the nearby park for a bounce of the Sharon. Um, Eleni, great to meet you properly in person. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, thanks for being here. It's a nice little cafe to have a coffee and a chat. <laughs> is this one of your locals? Yeah, absolutely. Pop in here occasionally on the way to school and catch up with some school teachers as well. It's good. <laughs> Not only are you a field umpire in the AFL, you're also a school teacher, a PE teacher at St Bernard's. Amazing that you pack all that in. And I guess in preparing to come and chat to you, it was a bit of a light bulb moment. I've always admired what you do running out there and doing a, a high-pressure job like umpiring. And then it suddenly dawned on me that, oh, these umpires go and do real jobs as well. How do you juggle it? Oh, look, there's definitely times when I would say we don't juggle it very well. Um, but I'm, you know, really lucky. I think teaching and umpiring, are, they're great because they share so many characteristics. You know, for me, in a PE perspective, I have to manage a changing environment all the time and, you know, learning names and dealing with conflict and things like that. So I think uh, teaching and umpiring work really well together, but it definitely has its challenges. I look forward to asking more about how the kids receive you and how closely they've followed your journey and embraced your umpiring a bit later on. But first of all, let's go back to the start. Why did you get involved in umpiring? Like you, Daisy, I just love footy. And to be honest with you, I've played all through primary school and played all through high school and nothing better than playing footy or being involved in footy. And for me, you know, there was just a bulletin notice um, in year nine and just said, come down and try some umpiring. And... To be honest with you, I think back now and I think I'm not even sure that I had the courage to do it, but for some reason I thought I'd give it a go. I love footy, I love fitness, and I went out and I loved it. And it took me on a journey I could never expect it. 
had you played much footy prior to that? You said you loved it. Had you played? Yeah, so I played all through primary school, all through high school. I uh, lived next door to a SNFL ground, so often my dad and I would kick the footy. I'd watch all of their games all year, and just being involved was awesome. And really, it dawned on me when I finished high school that there just wasn't that many opportunities to actually play, particularly in Adelaide at the time. And so that was probably a real precursor to me to say, well, maybe I should really give a hot crack to this umpiring thing. Would you have tried to pursue a playing career, do you think, had it been around? It would have definitely been a much harder choice. I think definitely seeing people like you out there running around, I, I love footy, so I think it would have been an even tougher choice, but having said that, I love being part of the game as an umpire. And with your parents? So a lot of people have heard things that my parents were umpires, they haven't been. They, they love playing sport, my dad played a lot of footy, and they just loved me being involved in everything, and footy and umpire were one of those things. It's a Wikipedia special, it must be. These things grow legs and everyone starts to think that's true. But they're from a Greek background, your family. Tell us about that, how they come to be footy fans and come to live in Adelaide. Yeah, so my dad was born in Greece and, you know, as per lots of European countries at that time, my grandparents lived through World War II and they were, Greece was going through a civil war at the moment and, and like many others, they knew it just wasn't a great place to raise their family. So they moved here when my dad was very young and my grandfather was just want to be part of Australian culture and what better way than getting involved and supporting footy and you know he loved soccer being Greek but he could not get enough of footy and I think that drove my dad to love it and obviously then me and my siblings. And what was the going rate when you umpired your first ever game of footy? Look, I was pretty lucky. I actually umpired under eights for my first whole year and it was $40 a pop and it was awesome. So then at year nine, getting 40 bucks cash every week, it was just a bonus to loving being part of the game. That's pretty good going, isn't it? I'm trying to think back to the award wage as a, you know, 14, 15-year-old. You'd have to do three or four hours work in a supermarket or a Macca's or something to earn that, plus tax. So pretty good pocket money. I remember I had boundary umpired. Um, I used to get 10 bucks cash a game. Most of it didn't make it past the, the canteen at the footy ground on the way up. Were you a good saver? Did you save it all up? And Yeah, for some reason I really was a good saver at that time and I think it wasn't that long ago, but 40 bucks was still a lot of money at United <laughs> yeah. and so I definitely used it at school canteen and I was lucky to uh, go to school in the city, so I'd kind of bypass the shops occasionally. But yeah, I was lucky enough that, you know, as I got older, I umpired multiple games a weekend and then again, a little bit more pocket money to save here and there. But it was funny, I was actually talking to a year 10 student the other day and he's an umpire and he said, you know, my mates work at Maccas, they work nine hours to get the same money I do from doing two games. I get fitness, I have these friends out here and I get paid to do it. He said he couldn't imagine having to work at somewhere like that when he could be doing something like umpiring. Where did it go from those early days? Like, At what point did you start thinking, oh, I want to do this at the highest level or I can't say professionally because there aren't many or any professional umpires in the AFL, which we'll talk about again later. But at what point did you start thinking this isn't just something that I want to do for 40 bucks in the park on the weekends and something I want to do on the big stage? I think just being encouraged by the coaches along the way. So I probably didn't really think it was going to be what it is today really at any stage till I umpired my first SNFL match. So I just love being part of it and, you know, like playing, you kind of progress, you get better, you have more experience and through that you go up the ranks. And it was probably when I was first invited out to the SNFL, I thought, well, this would be something I could do for a lot longer. 
And then by doing my first SAFL match and the, the media attention that it drew, I kind of thought, well, maybe there is an opportunity to go to the next level. What was that like? So at the time, was I know you were the first female to field umpire an AFL game. Was that the case when you first did SANFL as well? Yes, I was the first female to do a state league match around the country. So again, I just thought it was another progression point and I was really excited for the opportunity, but I could not have imagined the media that came with it. And to be honest with you, like getting to AFL level, it was so positive. And as everyone knows, umpiring doesn't really get a lot of positive stories. So it was kind of cool to be that positive story for umpiring. And I could not believe the attention it got, but it was just it was just an awesome experience all around. Yeah, tell us more about that experience, because like most of the people we speak to who are first or different or the first female, often that's the, the tagline that go with a lot of the guests I speak to on This Is Grit. You don't go out and seek that. That's not why you're umpiring. But what was it like for you to, to live through that? Absolutely. You know, I loved umpiring. And my kind of thing in life is to be the best I can be. And, you know, to me, whether I was the first female or the 50th or 150th, it does not bother me. I just wanted to be an umpire, a field umpire, at the highest level I could. And so with all those kind of taglines that came with it, of course I feel proud to be helping girls feel like they can achieve anything in different male-dominated environments or not the norm. But to me it was just to being the best I could be and that was a step toward that. And, and what else goes into being the best that you can be? So once you kind of start thinking, this is something that I can pursue and I've got the encouragement and support of the people around me, what do you do next? How do you become a good umpire? <laughs> That's a good question. I think there's definitely, you know, like any thing you want to achieve, you kind of have to set a goal. So for me, it probably wasn't AFL at the time. It was just to umpire a NFL and then really be consistent in that. And so to me, it was just thinking about this is the goal and now what What can I break it down? How can I achieve this? So through umpiring, it's fitness, decision-making, you know, communication, all of those little things. And as I said before, I was lucky I'm going through uni and I'm learning to be a teacher. So the communication side of things, the understanding of commitment and all these things came with that as well. So it was just about kind of starting to set a plan to think, well, Am I doing everything I can and living the lifestyle I can to make it to the next level? How often along the way were you made to feel female, if you know what I mean? Like, did you feel different to everyone else? A lot of the time. <laughs> I think especially growing up and coming through the ranks, I, I remember on a lot of occasions you kind of walk out onto the field, this is in my junior association, and you get these looks and you kind of hear people kind of saying, oh, that's the female umpire, and really it was a token. I was the only female field umpire in my local league going through juniors. And so there were definitely occasions when it was clear and evident that I was somewhat different to others. And I think probably exacerbated by the clothing because it never fit. It was a, a boy's uniform. And so that's something that, again, has changed significantly, which is great. Um, but it definitely was something that you were kind of reminded of when all you want to do is just be an umpire or a player, but you're reminded that you're a female umpire or a female player. It'll probably give us an insight into your personality a bit. How did you respond to that? Are you the type of person that goes, I'm being, um, I guess, acknowledged as different and pointed out and I stick out as, as different and I'm going to push back against that? Or did it make you question whether you wanted to keep going? Definitely both. So I think there's definitely times when I kind of thought, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm going to prove them wrong and I'm going to make sure that it doesn't matter that I'm female. 
but there was definitely times when it does really, it does challenge you and make you think, you know what, maybe I'm not good enough. And I think there were definitely times, probably more so through my amateur league levels and state league levels, where there's more fans and more spectators and they do start to challenge you. And I guess that's where that resilience you built up in the earlier years really starts to come to play. But, you know, I can't be thankful enough that my umpire peers and my umpire coaches and my family and friends just were supportive along the way and they reminded me when I needed it that, I could achieve it if I wanted to. Thanks for listening to This Is Grit. Victoria Police is now recruiting. Apply now. Up next, Eleni reflects on the day she made history and shares a story that gives an insight into the softer side of a former AFL enforcer. On SEN, This Is Grit with Daisy Pearce. Welcome back to This Is Grit. Victoria Police is now recruiting. Apply now. My guest this week is AFL umpire Eleni Gluftus. We caught up for coffee and went to the local park for a bounce of the Sharon while Eleni shared her memories of her ceiling-smashing first game as a field umpire in the AFL. She takes us into the game through the lens of an umpire. So after umpiring for a while in SANFL, you had to move to Melbourne to take your umpiring to the next step. Talk us through that big decision. It was a really big decision. So I'd lived in Adelaide my whole life, my family, my friends. It's actually my first year teaching and we just bought a house. So it made this decision even more challenging. But what had actually happened is I'd umpired in the um, National Under-18s Boys Championships, like a lot of people do on their progression. Been observed by AFL observers. And I'd actually been invited to dinner with Wayne Campbell, who was head of umpiring, and Adam Davis, the national talent uh, officer, which to me seemed really random. You know, I thought, I'm not sure what this dinner's about, but of course I'm going to go to it. They had created a female field umpire pathway and they were inviting me to be part of it. And that sounded really exciting. And then the challenging part was that we'd like you to move to Melbourne to be part of it. It was pretty crazy and I don't know if I was super keen at the time because, as I said, I just kind of started working and feeling like I was a bit more settled. Um, But my partner, Dylan, and my parents and everyone said, you would be crazy not to do it. So we jumped into it. So you moved to Melbourne and then what what did that pathway look like or what happened from there? So I was to umpire in the VFL until I obviously was kind of progressed enough and the idea was that it was supposed to be about a three-year pathway. So I'd umpire in the VFL, I'd train with the VFL one day a week and the AFL one day a week and learn from both. The really cool thing about the pathway was I was able to get a one-on-one observer. So Jack McBurney, who's umpired over 400 AFL games, came to all my matches to give me feedback. And, you know, not only was he obviously kind of a legend in umpiring, but he had just a really great way of providing feedback. And it really, truly helped fast-track my development. Just to have someone watching you week to week and providing you with that really specific feedback. So that was a really great experience. It was definitely challenging moving from SA, from my SANFL umpiring group to a VFL umpiring group, an AFL umpiring group, a new school and a new place. Um, but, you know, again, it's those challenges that kind of when you finally achieve your goal, you kind of think it was all worth it. Yeah, it's a pretty courageous thing to take on. What essentially are you doing it for? I guess, like, there's no guarantees because you were the first female to kind of get on that pathway and it's still a part-time contract that you're chasing so I'm just sitting there listening to all that thinking you must be so so passionate about your your umpiring which is awesome yeah absolutely I think that the whole point is if you don't 
do it, you don't know if you could have done it. And so I think to me, they kind of said, look, you can move this year, that would be preferable, or you can move next year. And I kind of thought, oh, that sounds good. We'll just we'll just develop a little bit more for another year and then uh, then move over. But, you know, I had to think about it and my family and friends supported me and said, you know, if you don't like it or it doesn't work, you just come home. And, you know, what, what could go wrong? You do it, you hate it, you come back. Or if not, you've got this chance to to be what you want to be, which is AFL umpire. So it was a really tough decision, but obviously now I'm really happy I made it. What did Dylan think? He was so supportive. You know, he he was the one saying to me, you know, you've got to do it, you've got to try it. You know, I'm obviously we'll move together, that'll be fine. And he was on AFL AFL contract at the time, SA, and they were really good and obviously transferred his contract to, to the AFL in Victoria as well, which is really good. So, again, having a partner who was an, is an umpire and actually has the understanding of the commitments and all those things was really beneficial to my journey in general, really. Did you meet him through umpiring? Yeah, so my first year I umpired at SNFL, I umpired on the boundary just for the under-17s for a year and found that extremely challenging and not as enjoyable as making the decisions, but I'm really lucky in that year I actually met Dylan. So he was umpiring in the seniors at the time, I was umpiring the 17s, and we just got along really well and then here we are 10 years later. Oh, we want to talk about the famous engagement later. What's your recollection? Of round nine, 2017, West Coast versus Essendon. I think like any player's first game or umpire's first game, when you reflect, it's still a bit of a blur. Um, but I think the week leading up was just crazy. And kind of like my first SAFL match, it just was far more crazy than I'd ever really anticipated. Um, but again, a really positive umpiring story. And I think the really cool thing for me was that, like you said, it kind of made that move worth it. And for my parents and my family, my friends, my best for the last three years, it kind of meant, you know, I've done the right thing, I made the right choice and all it was was just excitement, just really looking forward to it and, you know, the game, like any, when you step up, was just so much quicker. So thinking about the actual game, there's not too much I can remember about it now and really... <laughs> What's your most standout memory? Can you remember quarter by quarter what happened in the game or...? There was definitely a period when I'd been in the mid zone for a little while and I thought to myself, this is going to be a really tough day just because it's so much quicker. There was a moment, and this is a, a bit of a funny one that I recollect, but Eddie had Marvel now. It can be a really challenging surface to bounce on, and luckily it had been relayed, which makes it even more challenging for an umpire, <laughs> particularly someone like me who doesn't have the height as some of the other umpires. And, you know, I recall having um, a bounce and it was a recall, and, you know, I was annoyed at myself, but at the end of the day, decisions are more important. But Brendan Goddard actually said to me, don't worry about it, just be confident. And it just, it just blew my mind in that moment. He had the kindness to kind of say that to me when he was in this high pressure situation of a game and they, they were not up at the time. And it just was so meaningful to me at that point. And so even though it's kind of a bit of a not a great memory, it's such an important memory to me. And for a player to do that just gave me confidence to think, you know what, I, I can do this. Did it surprise you given what uh, or how Brendan's been portrayed, I guess? in the media as a player? Absolutely. I think that's what made it even more me meaningful was that, you know, we hear so many things in the media, but all these players, umpires, we're just people and we're genuine people and it's unfortunate sometimes we get portrayed differently. How many moments like that would you have experienced since you came into the AFL? Like So many. You know, the players are so supportive and at the end of the day, as I said, they're, they're players and they want to see others do well as well. And, 
you know, I, I recall earlier that year in the JLT, I had a chat with uh, Joel Selwood in a, in a JLT match, and he kind of said, you know, getting your first game this year, and I said, oh, you know, we'll see how we go. And he said, I hope so, you know, you do such a great job. And I think along the way, there's been challenges by spectators and players, but the overarching fact is that people have been really supportive, and there are obstacles, and they are tough sometimes, but those little memories, those little things, just really help remind you why you're doing it. Do you think they've been extra important because you are the first female to venture into this space? I think it definitely means there's more challenges. Um, you know, as I said, uniforms haven't fit along the way. Change rooms even still sometimes are not there for you as a female. And then opposingly, sometimes you get that lonely feeling when you are in a separated change room. So I think it's definitely really meaningful when people go out of their way to kind of reinforce or to remind you that what you're doing is okay. I've just, um, you've struck a chord mentioning the separate change rooms thing. I remember back in my junior days when I was playing with the boys that they thought they were doing the right thing by giving me my own change room, which ironically was the umpire's change room. (laughs) I don't know where the umpires got changed now that I think of it. But um, I remember going off there thinking... I sort of want to be in there with my mates. Like, no-one's looking anyway. We're all dressed up in our uniforms when we get here as it is because it was juniors. But, yeah, it's funny that how important that camaraderie is and it's why we all do it. So it's striking that balance between giving you the space and privacy, being female, but you also still want to be a part of it. Have, how have you been embraced by the umpiring team and, and your colleagues? Look, they've been so great. And I think the reason is, just like anything, we love footy. And we love umpiring. And so when you find those kind of common passions, it's really easy to have conversations and, and be genuine in that type of relationship. So, you know, SANFL, I've been there for eight years. So, again, you build those friendships, the lifelong friendships. And then you move to the AFL. And the good thing about the AFL is because we all come from different states, everyone's so welcoming to each other. And so I'm so lucky to be part of that group of 34, plus the rookies and all the states as well, that they genuinely want to see each other do well. And I think that... Maybe this is something that was there 10 years ago in umpiring, but it really is now. We are a team, and we absolutely celebrate each other's successes. Back on the first game, just quickly, before we move on, you said that the week leading into the first game was a big build-up. When did you find out that you were going to umpire? So only the Monday before. So in umpiring, we get our appointments week to week because obviously they're performance-based and injury-based and and everything. So it was on the Monday on my birthday when my (laughs) mum and dad were actually over for my birthday weekend and I got this phone call from Hayden Kennedy and I thought, this is interesting. Hayden's calling me on a Monday. It can be a good thing or a bad thing. And um, he obviously gave me the news and was really excited about it. And I had to go and teach a couple classes after that before I hadn't been announced that was probably the most distracting two hours of my life. (laughs) Did the kids learn anything in those two hours? Um, Not that I can recall. (laughs) But maybe, hopefully. Um, But it was a really exciting time. And so I kind of told a few close friends and then obviously having mum and dad there to celebrate that and on my birthday was a really extra surprise. (laughs) Thanks for listening to This Is Grit. You're more suited than you might think to join Victoria Police. Apply now. Coming up, we take Eleni through the hard-hitting AFL record pocket profile questions. And she lets us in on the now famous moment where her fiancé got down on one knee in the middle of the G. On SEN, this is Grit with Daisy Pearce. Welcome back to This Is Grit. Victoria Police is now recruiting. Apply now. As we walk to the local oval to have a bounce of the Sharon, AFL umpire Lenny Gluftus gets hit with the hard questions for the AFL record pocket profile and takes us inside the umpire locker room. A bit of a change of scenery now. We've finished our lattes and we're walking down to the oval, footy in hand. 
not for a kick as I normally would be, but we're going for a bounce with Eleni, uh, the first female field umpire in the AFL. Uh, Eleni, change of scenery, also change of pace. We like to... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Quicken things up in segment three of This Is Grit. And I'm going to do the AFL footy player pocket profile. Do you read the footy record? Yeah, we read the footy record at a game when we uh, we are given it each game we umpire, and uh, the boundaries love to do the spot the difference. They have a bit of a competition, but <laughs> we all kind of have a bit of a look at the spot the difference, and uh, you know we look through and see if there's any fun articles. We check if there's any umpires pictured and uh, have a bit of fun with them if they are. <laughs> what's it like? Hang on, I digress. I'm, I'll get to the pocket profile. But what's it like in the umpire sheds? I can imagine there'd be a fair few similarities to any footy club rooms. Is it a bit like a team? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, on game day as well, people have different preparation styles. So you kind of know if people are up and about or they kind of want their time to think and keep quiet. So I guess just like a footy club these days, you kind of let everyone prepare how they prepare. All right, the footy pocket profile. Do you have a nickname? Oh, it's pretty boring, really. It's just L. Sometimes it's L's Bells or Gloofy, but just pretty boring ones, really. Any pre-game superstitions? I try to be pretty flexible because we travel so much. You don't want to lock in too much to something if you can't do it. But I'll generally eat three pieces of toast on game day. Three only? Just no three. more, no less? No more, no less. Any spreads? Strawberry jam. <laughs> Strawberry jam. Uh-huh. What's the best rule in footy? Actually, this is quite fitting to be asking an umpire this, although you probably have to say all of them, don't you? Yeah, look, that's a really... I've never been asked a question like that before. The best rule in footy. I don't know. I can't even think of one. Yeah, What's your favourite one to pay? Like, what do you love getting into in terms of the signal? Well, the hole in the ball signal is obviously pretty significant, <laughs> but I just like any any free kick that's nice and clear-cut and everyone knows what you're paying. <laughs> All right, that cues me well into what's the worst rule in footy? What's the one that you find um, really difficult or tricky? Probably the same, probably holding the ball. I think just when they're when they're 50-50 and, you know, the crowd doesn't know, you know, what we're paying it for sometimes, I think that's the hardest thing. But we're pretty clear with most of our rules, so most of them are okay. <laughs> do you have a favourite football TV show? Oh, I do enjoy the front bar. I like watching them kind of make fun of each other and make fun of everything and it. it's just a bit of fun. Everyone says the front bar. Everyone loves the front bar. Uh, all right, which teammate, and when I say teammate, I guess we'll go with the umpiring fraternity which teammate should appear on the bachelor don't say dylan <laughs> oh no i won't well to be honest with you in the field umpires most of them actually have partners so uh nick brown is uh, one of our single men at the moment and i think he would make a pretty good candidate <laughs> um and who's your the most the teammate most likely to succeed after footy well, i guess you guys are doing that anyway but who's all right we'll go with who's the most likely to become a millionaire of the umpires and why <laughs> oh a millionaire is a good question you know as you said a lot of all the umpires do some pretty high paid jobs and things so you know sean ryan's a barrister um shane mack makes a bit, bit of money as well i think there's definitely um, a <laughs> lot of candidates probably for that area uh which teammate belts out oh hang on i was gonna say which teammate belts out your club song but do you guys have any like post-match rituals as umpires 
we definitely don't have a song we sing. We may, maybe we should introduce that. That could be a bit of fun. No, we definitely, you know, get around each other and, you know, enjoy the feeling of finishing a game and kind of looking forward to the next week. But, no, just some high fives and some well dones. Favourite animal? Uh, elephants. Because of your name? Pretty much. I think when I was growing up, but they're just, you know, so big and so cool. And Eleni, elephant. Unique. I see, I see what you did there. Uh, most prized possession of yours? Oh, that's a great question. I can't live without my watch, generally, but the thing I love the most, and this is a family trait, is just photos. We um, we go somewhere and my, my sister, my dad and I are just constantly taking photos of something just to get the perfect one, but yeah. I just think things, I just love memories of photos like that. That's nice. I should speak about that, but I want to ask about the watch. Is it like designer watch or sports fit chick watch? More sports, but it's just more about just knowing the time I think because I'm just so busy all the time I just love to know what time it is and I'm a pretty organized person so it kind of probably just goes my personality I forgot about that function of the watch I was thinking looks or other other functions just on the, the sports watch thing that I'm again digressing but how many kilometers would you run in a game first and then during the week to prepare in a game as a fieldie it's about Anyway, probably from minimum 12, probably maximum 17, 18k a week. So it depends on the game, the field, all those types of things. But, you know, the boundaries run up to 20, 22k's a game. It's pretty crazy. In a week, it just depends. You know, as you know, pre-season week will be a bit longer. Um, In-season week, probably shorter. Some of us do more off-legs if we're battling injuries and things like that. But probably anywhere from 20, 30k to 56k a week. I'm down at the park with Eleni Gluftus, field umpire in the AFL, and I'm, she's given me a couple of hours on a rare day off, which, thanks, Eleni, I appreciate it. In between umpiring and school teaching, we're in the middle of our pocket profile out of the footy record. All right, what's the best gift you've ever received? The best gift, that's a good one. I think the, the experience gifts are really cool. So, you know, we've tried our hand at some kite surfing. We weren't great, but we gave it a go, Dylan and I. You know, horse riding, stand-up paddle boarding, all those kind of doing gifts, I think, the pretty fun ones. Favourite holiday destination? Anywhere, really. Anywhere <laughs> with the beach. I just, I love the sun and just the beach is great. With the life you lead, school teaching at St Bernard's and umpiring... AFL footy matches, I can imagine just a holiday would be nice. You could come down here and call it a holiday and you'd be happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Dream job if you weren't a footballer is what it says in the record. Let's say dream job if you weren't an umpire and you weren't a teacher. <laughs> That's a good question. I really like the weather. I, I'm pretty obsessed with like what the weather's doing and you know why. And so I think like being a meteorologist would be pretty cool. Jane Bunn, apprentice in the making. It'd be pretty cool to tell the weather. <laughs> All right, last one. We'll go with what scares you? What scares me? Well, I'd like to think I don't get too scared of, you know, too many animals and things like that, but it's more so the surprise aspect of things. So, like, when you've just come out and you see, like, a spider or something. So there's not really any animals or things that scare me so much. It's more like the shock of those different things. Okay. Did it scare you when Dylan got down on one knee in the middle of the MCG, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, look, it was more so than a surprise than scary. Um, you know, we it was su it was such a surprise. I had no idea it was happening. Yeah, it was our first game ever together, so it kind of made sense to go out and have a photo. That that was normal, even what was such a unique situation. Um, and they were kind of looking at centre. He was like, "You bounced really well," and I, I did have a pretty good game bouncing. Oh, where'd you bounce? And I'm thinking, oh, here. <laughs> 
oh, okay, I just want to say something. And he got down one knee and I thought to myself, what? What is happening? And it was only then that Dylan, especially being, he's a bit of a quieter person, realised how many people were still left there when we heard all this cheering <laughs> and, and jeering. And it was actually just made the moment just so unique and so much fun. People were yelling out, say no, and singing and things. And, you know, as umpires, it was perfect. Well, there are two things that came to mind when I first saw it. Oh, three, I should say. The first was how beautiful and um, that's awesome. Great to see you so happy and congratulations. Thank you. The next two were, geez, he must have been confident. This must have <laughs> been a long time in the making because you'd want to hope that she was going to say yes to do it in that manner. <laughs> oh, look, absolutely. Um, as I said, we've been together 10 years, so really you're at a pretty good chance to say yes. But Dylan actually said when he spoke to my parents and, and got permission... Dad doesn't really use sport phrases, as he's an, he was an English teacher, but he said it's much as a slam dunk as you're going to get. <laughs> so I think he gave Dylan the confidence that it was going to be okay. <laughs> the other thing was that if there was one thing that was ever going to help you shake this tag that you probably get everywhere you go now of Eleni Gluftus, first female field umpire, it's to go out and get engaged in the middle of the MCG because now people will say, oh, there's the umpire that got engaged. Do you get that? <laughs> oh, look, not, not so much yet, but it's just so funny. I even had my homeroom for pastoral today and we're doing a, a task and next minute, miss, do you know that you're on the Google fan moment of the year? And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I did. We're going to vote for you. I said, please don't vote for me. And we'll tell the whole class we can vote each day. Remind us every day. And I was thinking, oh, my goodness. But I think that was the really cool thing when I walked into homeroom on uh, the Monday morning after. The boys were just so excited. And I think that's really cool is to, although quite a private moment, to share it in a really celebratory way has been really cool. What are the wedding plans? Who's taking charge in that department? We have not even spoken about being No one both, during footy season. No, exactly. So being both umpires and obviously both working, we just thought, let's just park it. After the season, we'll have a good think about it and uh, we'll think more seriously then. What, what's it like being a school teacher then and doing such a public job? And one that I can imagine, it's a boys' school, St Bernard's, isn't it? That, you know, 90% of your students would be into their footy. How have they embraced your journey and what are some of the great and funny things you come across with your students it's definitely been really cool and you know like I said m most students have some interest in footy and I think the really cool thing about that means you can have a conversation with anyone and you, know, you can hear them talking about footy and chime in here and there and so it's really cool to kind of have that relationship and already you've got something you can talk about and something you have in common and definitely when I first my first match was Essendon West Coast I thought to myself oh my goodness you know what's going to happen here if Essendon lose or it's a close match what's the feedback going to be like on Monday and you know luckily oh, there a lot of Essendon supporters around Essendon this area supporters. Yeah. Um, and luckily the, the game was pretty one side in the end but I did uh, had a student who was in my homeroom two years previous and he don't worry he wanted to give me some feedback about the game <laughs> that was acceptable I guess <laughs> do you get that a bit a bit of uh what was this decision why'd you pay that yeah absolutely and not even just mine but they'll come and ask questions about other umpiring decisions and the cool thing about that is generally they're asking to find out the answer mm -hmm. and not just saying things were wrong so it's really cool to be able to kind of have them come on that journey with us and I think you know from a lot of people's perspective you don't really think about umpiring it's just there it's but it's actually part of the game and the cool thing for our students means that you know we can talk to them and they can see it as being something they might like to do but also something that can keep them involved in the game and do you get recognized broadly like outside of school or is it has it gotten to the point where people go oh there's the girl umpire or something like that I used to get a fair bit of that as well there's the girl footballer yeah, I can imagine no look I luckily not too much and it's not something that I would really want as such but I think you know I went and watched Dylan umpire north versus port a couple of weeks ago and 
couple of people recognise me there in that football kind yeah, of scenario yeah. and mm-hmm. environment. And so that's okay. But again, as an umpire especially, we like to go unnoticed. <laughs> oh, and last one on Dylan and your relationship. Is there a hierarchy amongst the umpiring fraternity, like fieldy to boundary? And how does that play out at home? <laughs> Normally at a game, we're all a team and obviously we've got different roles. So, you know, as the field umpire, it's kind of our job to help facilitate discussions with goals and boundaries. But at the end of the day, we've all got a role and, you know, his role's the line and I'm not going to disagree with his decisions there. At home, to be honest with you, I don't like making decisions at home. I make enough <laughs> decisions at school, at umpiring. So I'll go home and there'll be, what's for dinner? Oh, you can decide, you can decide, I don't mind. So definitely... um decision maker in the game and at school and uh, try not to be at home. Thanks for listening to This Is Grit. You're more suited than you might think to join Victoria Police? Apply now. Coming up, Eleni tells us about the challenging parts of being an umpire and teaches me how to do a bounce of the umpire variety. On SEN, This Is Grit with Daisy Pearce. Welcome back to This Is Grit. You're more suited than you might think to join Victoria Police. Apply now. Here, Eleni shares some of the challenges she's faced and tries her best to teach me one of their most difficult skills. Eleni, what's your relationship with the bounce like? (laughs) It's definitely a challenging skill and I think, you know, as you grow up, in any type of field you're in, for us umpires, you know, we practice the bounce when we're younger, um, coming through the ranks because... It's a skill that eventually you kind of have to know and so it's definitely been challenging at times but over over my journey I've been lucky to be a an okay bouncer um, and I think it's definitely one that um, I'm improving in consistency but you know like anything it's just those mental battles about you know knowing that you're good enough and knowing you can do it and then executing the skill as often as you can. And what goes into it? Give me three tips on how to bounce because I'm going to have a crack at it. Yeah, beautiful. I think the, the main thing is getting your head over the ball and that's probably what people find the scariest because there's the potential it will come back and hit you. But, you know, it doesn't hurt that much. It's okay. So I think the main thing is trying to put it down as straight as possible and then really getting your head down as close to the ground as possible. Getting your head down low over the ball would essentially get it out of the way of the ball? Yeah, basically. <laughs> if you keep your head down for longer, it's more likely the ball's going to go straight up. Yeah, true. All right. Show us how it's done. <laughs> straight up. I can say that on radio. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I've noticed actually that the rucks now, when you bounce, they come in closer. Was that something that you suggested to them or have they just worked out over time that yours don't go as high? Yeah, look, they work it out. I think the really good thing about it now is that pre-game, the players come into the centre, they've got their two time slots what they do that and we bounce for them mm. and you know the you day, warm up they warm up that's yep. right so the thing is there's 34 of us on the list at the moment we all bounce mm. differently and so for them to then see it and practice it then they know you know yeah. ruckman are smart they actually get that this person bounces like this this person bounces like this and it helps us as well because they are now then understanding where it's going to go and it's more likely to be successful yeah what's the most challenging thing about being out there and, and umpiring the range of decision making we have to make so you know you think about other sports like soccer or you know netball basketball they have pretty clear-cut rules they're black and white whereas with footy there are so many gray areas and on top of that we have the biggest field in the world we have the most different types of rules and the pace of the game is so extreme that I think you combine all those different things about how far you run how quick you have to be to get in a position and then the making that decision that's really challenging but it also is what makes our game so great as the Rule changes of late, because there's been quite a few, has that made your job easier or more complicated, do you think? Probably a little bit easier. I think definitely with the 666, 
albeit takes a little bit of time to set up, it does mean at least to start with there's less people around the ball. And for us, that's better because it's when you have all 36 players <laughs> around the ball at once. That's when it's really hard to do our job. I can imagine all of this, the challenges of umpiring, I'm asking before I've even mentioned that you're probably young as far as umpires go. You're female and you were the first female. What, what about the challenges surrounding those specifics? Yeah, look, I've got a really great example that I can give you. So early this year, I umpired a few matches in a row and this year they've changed the system a little bit. So we actually find out the week before what's happening the, the following weekend. So we'll find out on a Thursday, say before round eight, what we're doing in round nine. So for example, I got appointed, I'd be going back to the VFL the round after and that was fine. You know, we're in and out, especially as a young umpire for performance. And I was about to umpire the St Kilda uh, West Coast game. Went out to St Kilda West Coast, from my feedback from umpire, I got a pretty good report, um, but in the age, it was reported otherwise. So the age put an article up and the title was Glufts has dropped. And it went on to proceed to say um, that Hayden Kennedy and Grant Williams, the head coach and the head of umpiring, said all these things about educating Eleni and helping Eleni get better and this and that, and really none of it was true. And the thing that probably bothered me the most was that no other third-year umpire would have their name in the title of an article. And it just reminded me that, you know, Albeit, I feel like I've overcome a lot of challenges and, you know, now I'm playing at the elite level. I've got, most people think I'm doing an okay job, but there's going to be still people who are traditional or are looking for, particularly the umpiring, reasons to talk about negativity. Mm. So you getting dropped wasn't an uncommon occurrence for a third-year umpire and not something you were necessarily shocked about or... No, absolutely. Obviously, you're disappointed. You want to keep performing well and do it at the top level, but it's just part of the journey of being a young umpire. But you think maybe it got a bit more attention because you're female? Absolutely. And the problem was, as I said, I already knew from the week before I was going out, so it wasn't even based on any real facts. (laughs) And like you said, you know, young players go in and out of a team, Mm. young umpires go in and out of the list, and it was just disappointing that all these other people had been going in and out but it was when I was that we had to pick on it yeah it's really interesting and I can certainly relate to some of the work that I do in the media in that I was talking to another female broadcaster recently and we were talking about how our mistakes are so much more heavily scrutinized or just viewed in a different way I mean we all make mistakes and we all want to do the best we can but we're human and she was telling me a story about how she once read out a name wrong and I've done this as well where you might pronounce it Nat Fief. And it's, of course you know his name is Nat Fife. He's a superstar of the Fremantle Footy Club that we've all admired and watched for a long time. You know what his name is. It just comes out wrong, like words do from time to time. And suddenly her social media lit up about, oh, this, this chick doesn't know what she's talking about. How can she not know who Nat Fife is? Of course she knows who Nat Fife is. So I guess that's our example. And we, you know, being, I think, a little bit different and sometimes the only girl there, it makes you an easy target for that kind of criticism, which is hard. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure you'd experience it on an even bigger level and probably a bit more real-time, <laughs> given that you yeah, have lots of interactions with fans and that, that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like you said, Daisy, it, people, unfortunately, look for times to pick you up on things, unfortunately, and, you know, the media have to talk about something so sometimes it's going to be the the one female commentator the one female umpire that is easy to point out as well you know that's another umpire it could be one of 33 people so Mm -hmm. it's sometimes harder to realize who actually said that but you know as we talked about before well why do we really do this and I think that's really important that you know I love umpiring and I want to do the best I can but ultimately I want to help 
other young girls not have to go through what I've gone through or not have to think about, well, if I get dropped, is my name going to be the title mm-hmm. of an article? So, you know, I love umpiring. I want to do the best I can. But ultimately, I want to make sure that other girls are just umpires. They're not female umpires. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. And I, I guess to add to what we're talking about, neither of us probably want to be immune from criticism or feedback. I mean, that we everyone's striving to do their absolute best so if it's constructive in that way but it needs to be fair (laughs) um you spoke about some of your really positive interactions with players have you had any negative interactions with players specifically look not at at afl level i think you know at these days afl level it's they're so disciplined so professional and you know most players are understanding umpires and other players that we're going to make mistakes Mm -hmm. and you know you're going to be challenged on decisions and things like that but you know, really at AFL level, the players are great and they, they are respectful in the way they ask you things and, you know, they're going to get upset at times and high-pressure situation, they're going to yell and scream. But, you know, I think the really great thing now is that the decision goes off and you move past it and everyone moves on. What about fans? There's definitely times when, you know, you hear things from the crowd, but again, by I guess you're not an umpire if you haven't heard things from the crowd. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, I think that's part of it is that remembering that, you know, me being a female umpire doesn't mean the crowd won't be upset with my decision 50% of the crowd don't agree yeah and that's fine and you know you go to the footy to to, you know have a bit of fun and have a yell and you know you're passionate about your team and that's what makes it so great so I think it's just when it kind of becomes more personal when there's problems but at AFL level you know generally the crowd's pretty big so you don't hear any individual things it's more so when you're coming up in local and amateur league levels and and really as an umpire that's probably when you need that support more than ever and how, how have you dealt with that and what, what support is in place for, I guess, those moments? I talked about an example a couple of days ago with someone where back in the SNFL I actually received some a sexist remark, to, to be frank, and it was really loud and really clear. And it was from a club that had done really well in the last few years and at that point they weren't doing so well. And so obviously their supporters were frustrated with their team and you know, this particular person's yelled out this really, to me, inappropriate and sexist comment. And normally, being an umpire, you just you just deal with it internally and you don't you don't worry about it but I actually wrote to the SNFL and I said look I heard this it's not family friendly we want to make it a good environment and it's just not okay I wasn't sure what the response will be but what actually happened was that particular club put out a press release and they said if we hear our fans making inappropriate sexist abusive comments toward players umpires anyone else not only will be ejected but your membership will be revoked and so to me that was a really great example of saying actually there's some things that are acceptable and some things that aren't and if we don't stand up for them well nothing will change last one before i have a crack at doing a bounce what can the afl or afl fans or clubs community clubs do to make sure that you're not the last female field umpire (laughs) i think just keeping promoting that umpiring is fun and you know there's definitely times when it's high pressure and you know we get we make errors and so the the feedback isn't so positive but umpiring is such a great way to be involved in the game maybe you know playing footy just didn't work out for you or maybe you don't enjoy playing footy but you you love the game itself and what a great way to be involved to be in the middle of the game seeing the screamers from ground level (laughs) and just being a part of the game we love it's a great message and thanks again for your time thanks for having me daisy (laughs) all right here i go oh perfect Thanks, Eleni. A huge thank you to Eleni Gluftus for telling us about her journey and taking us inside the game from the perspective of an umpire. I have the utmost admiration for what you do, umpiring one of the most complicated sports there are to officiate in a high-pressure, fast-moving environment, all while being a secondary school teacher and carrying the burden of being first. (laughs) 
Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Everyone at This Is Grit is very thankful of you sharing your story. Join us again next week for This Is Grit.